Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Dale Walker. I want to welcome you to our leadership podcast. We are looking at how to become leaders that lead like Jesus. I'm excited to have you listening. If you want the notes on this, you can get them at dalewalker.life. There's also a lot of other resources to help you grow in your leadership. Share this with someone if you are blessed. I know you will be. God bless you. Welcome, everybody. Today, our discussion is about listening to change lives, listening in a way that transforms other people, people's lives. And uh, this is a part of tonight's transformation table, which is on honoring and valuing people. And I'm just taking one aspect of that. And of course, one of the most important ways we honor and value people is by understanding them, listening to them, coming down to their level. When it comes to spiritual leadership, I believe that we are called, first of all, to to lead by listening and learning, way before we lead by talking and acting. One thing I've learned is that you either lead by listening or you lead by reacting. How many know when you lead by reacting, it's usually not that good? (laughs) But Jesus is our example of someone who led by listening. Remember when they threw at his feet the woman caught in adultery? He did not just react. What did he do? He listened to, the, to what was the Father, first of all. He said, I only do what I hear the Father doing. You know, I, I sometimes tell the most important thing I've learned about listening is, and leading is, first of all, listen to God. And then anytime you're tempted to react in the flesh, don't do anything until you hear something peaceable, you know. I give an example. When my son, Jason, was a teenager, and I'm doing a Bible study at a home, and he's, he's agitated, and he gets up in the middle of the Bible study and leaves. And so I'm, I'm upset. I'm after, boy, just wait till I talk to him. I'm going to, I am going to tell him, you're grounded, you're doing all of this, and I find him after the meeting, and I'm ready to talk, and the Lord says, stop. <laughs> you need to listen. And I say, okay, God, help me. And I just say, and I just listen. And all of a sudden, he pours out his heart to me about some other things going on. Before the end, it's one of the most important father-son talks we ever had. And I realized, boy, if I would have led by reacting, <laughs> I would have not been in God's will. And so as it relates to transformation in our tables or whatever we're doing. We understand people become transformed when they feel they're understood and loved. Um, I remember watching that movie. I don't know, is it called Avatar or something a long time ago? But I remember just hearing them say over and over, I see you. And during that movie, all of a sudden, I felt like the Lord told me, Dale, you know most people in the world feel invisible. And if you'll do your best to let them know that you see them and that God sees them, then I will move in their life. People come alive when they feel recognized, noticed, and valued. And so here as as a transformation table leader, again, the most important thing we do will probably not be talk. The most important thing we will do will be to hear, listen, and learn. You know, what I have found is that being a leader doesn't make you a good listener. In fact, uh, sometimes 
being a leader makes you more prone to want to be talking all the time. <laughs> In other words, as a leader, I don't usually want to find out where people are at. I know where they're at. I know where they need to go. So let me just listen. Just everybody listen and do what I say and everything's good, right? Isn't that kind of a leader's bias? And yet, you don't lead by talking. You lead first by listening. It's like building a bridge. You can yell at people where we're going, but if you don't build a bridge, they won't follow you. You find the people. You connect with the people. And then when you connect with them, you can take them somewhere. Uh, we have a saying, you've probably heard it, and I think it's one of the most important sayings, that is, every story matters. And you know how you, you lead, you, you do everything you can in your table to let people know, wow, your story matters. One of the things I learned about leading small groups that I think is so important is that people don't belong to the group because they come to the group. People belong to the group when they got to share their story <laughs> and when their story is validated. It's, it's almost amazing. If somebody in, in a group shares their story and they feel listened to, it's sort of like now it's our group. Then what's so powerful is when it goes from I heard your story to now you're part of our story. That's what, what gels. We have a story. It's our group story. And so that idea of a listener is your story mattered and I heard your story and now we can have a story together. So what do we gain by listening? Let me just give you some obvious things. Number one, we learn how to love. <laughs> and so tonight we're going to talk about, this is called the big value of all values, right? Valuing and honoring and serving people, right? If you have not love, what are you? So, so tonight we're going to talk about the value of all values. And, and at the heart of it, one of the skills is what we're talking about tonight, and that is you love by listening. Your, your story matters. You, you build an environment. People feel valued when they feel heard. And number two, you become a better communicator. You know, communicating wow. is not just about talking. Communicating is about connecting. And uh, I think John Maxwell wrote a book that said, everybody talks, but very few people connect. Uh, you know, have you ever been in a room where someone was talking and you say, they're talking, <laughs> but they ain't connecting with nobody. They're just, it's just a noise. <laughs> no, but when, when you connect is when you communicate. And, and you connect when someone says, I, you see me, you know my story, you know how I feel, I can tell. So now I want to listen to you. <laughs> because you understand me, you care about me. Number two, you gain favor. Uh, if you want to gain real influence with people, make them feel important, right? I heard the story about the little boy going to a restaurant with his parents, and this waiter was an incredible waiter, and he didn't just take the order of the family. He, he listened, then he sat, and he got on his knee next to the little boy, and he says, man, can you read that menu for yourself? Yeah, what do you like? Oh, is that your favorite? And 
you know, he's just talking and connecting. And, and when he gets up and leaves, the little boy says, Mom, that man thinks I'm a human being. <laughs> you know? it, it isn't that true. So you gain influence. You gain this idea of I am someone that they want to listen to because I listen to them. Number three, you, you become a, a, a conflict mediator. You resolve conflict. I mean, a lot of times conflict could, could be avoided or minimized if we'd stop shouting and start listening, right? Um, can, I, can I give you a little reverse psychology? If you ever got someone starts going crazy yelling, instead of yelling back, you, you go and say, can you tell me more? You know, they're like, yeah! they're waiting for you to, ah! and you say, oh, you got a point there. Tell me some more. <laughs> okay, okay. And all of a sudden, they start to run out of gas. It just freaks them out. Um, so anyhow, listening helps you resolve. It's putting water on a fire. As we always say here, every fire, you either put water or gasoline. Listening is how you put water instead of gasoline. Number four, you gain discernment. And this is probably the most important part of leading as a, as a table or life group leader. Um, when you understand someone's love language, when you understand someone's dream, now you have the key to their heart. Now you don't just talk to them as if they were, you know, statues. Now you talk with them. So you know my favorite questions, what makes you sing, what makes you cry, what makes you dream? If, if I know those things, uh, then, wow, I can, I can lead them. Because I won't just talk about, hey, today we're talking about faith. I'll say, Mike, I know you have a dream for the, for the hungry that are, that are out there starving. Mike, as we talk about faith, could you imagine God giving you faith to feed every hungry person in Alaska? Now all of a sudden, I'd say, I got a key there, right? And so you're always looking. You're all very familiar with the term love language. But literally, if you have children, you know you don't talk to them the same way. <laughs> uh, or if you do, you get real bad response from some and real good from another one. But once you know their love language, you talk to them the way that connects with them. Um, you gain discernment. Number five, you help people answer their own questions. Here's a great truth. People's favorite answers in the world are the ones they come up with, right? <laughs> How many would rather be the one that answered your question than have someone else tell you the answer to your question? So here's this great verse, Proverbs 20, verse 5. Proverbs 20, verse 5 the purposes of a person's heart are like a deep well, but the one who has insight draws them out. Isn't that a great verse? God's plan for their life is already inside them. They already really know. They just don't know that they know. And if you kind of just lay it on them, don't you know? Then they won't want to know. But if you come like, I know you know, Tell me what you think you should do. Then all of a sudden you've listened and now you've pulled the water from the well. And number six is you learn. 
And, and by the way, this is the, the key of a great listener, is they believe they can learn from anybody. Can I tell you the key to a bad listener? They think they know it all. <laughs> and the moment you're with someone who thinks they already know it all, uh, they don't listen and you don't want to talk to them anymore, right? But when they act like, hey, I could learn. I could learn from a sinner. I could learn from an atheist. I could learn from... You're, you're changing the tables on them. You're not saying, okay, I'm here to shove something down your throat. I'm here to learn from you. You know why? Because if, if I learn from you, you might want to learn from me, you know, and we might find something great together. Okay, so then keys to good listening. Let's go over these quick and then we'll discuss. Number one, the goal is understanding, not solving problems. And so let me talk about one of my most common husband mistakes. And I better say that because my wife is back here. And, uh, but yeah, how many know, and maybe it's not just husbands, they want to solve the problem. <laughs> they do not want to hear the heart. They do not want to understand the struggle. And they want to just go to the solution. Okay. The goal of listening is to validate the person, not to be answering their problem. Again, especially at a transformation table, we have this incredible confidence that if we listen well and the Holy Spirit is there, he will speak to every one of their hearts. That's why we say that the worst advice, the worst vice is advice. We don't need, they don't need advice. They need a visitation. So, so if they are heard, and if they are loved in the way they are heard, they will usually come to the right conclusion. Number two, recognize that hin the things that hinder you from being a good listener, okay? Are you ready for some pain, everybody? I'm ready for some pain. <laughs> what, what, what messes up listening? Number one, I'll say is hurry, impatience. Listening means you take a long journey. You're on the road as the Levite, and there's the Good Samaritan, and you got to get off your horse. And I've already heard this story before, and I already know how this story ends. And can I push the fast forward on you, brother? No. <laughs> I'm here. Number two, pride is the biggest one. Pride is, as I said, acting like you already know it all. Uh, pride is taking yourself too seriously. Uh, people who are uptight, you know, people when they're listening, they're like, okay, I'm ready to be defensive. I'm ready, you know, I'm ready to defend myself. If you happen to even suggest that I might have an issue, I'm ready to explain to you the 500 reasons why you don't know what you're talking about, but I already know the answer to this. And here we go. You know what I'm talking about. Wow, nobody here knows pride. Anyhow, um, if you are a proud person and you think too much of yourself, you won't think much of what anyone else has to say. Number three, you, again, you act like you know it. Number four, you don't stop talking. Okay, that's a problem for some. If you don't stop talking, you can't start listening, right? Um, number five, you give in to the temptation to be thinking about what you're going to say before they finish talking. Ouch. 
You know what a definition of an, a narcissist is? Someone who thinks that what they have to say is better than what the other person is saying. <laughs> That's somewhat into the self, right? All right. Um, so these are some things. I would also just say the, the, need, the need to be right. It, it, let me just drill on that because I think it's one of my biggest struggles. If you need to be right and you need to let people know what's right and you need to convince people of everything, then you're probably more about giving an answer than you are listening to a person. And the key of this is to tell yourself over and over, I'm not here to set the record straight. I'm not here to straighten anybody out. I am here to make sure that person feels understood. You know, I was just listening to some of this debate right now about critical race theory. Well, let's just say about CRT, I have plenty to say I could say, right? But then I just felt the Holy Spirit. Have you ever just asked someone who thinks that's a good idea of why they think? Could you just listen to them for 30 minutes and not say anything? Just to try to understand what they're feeling? Or do you need to automatically be Fox News instead of CNN? Or whatever your need is. Could you just listen? Why? Because your job in life is not to convince the world of what they should think, but to show people how much God loves them. All right, just three more. Listen, not just to people. But no, listen for what people are saying and not just to what they're saying. Listen for, not just to. What do I mean by that? Listen beyond the words. Listen to their heart. There's what they're saying, then there's what they mean. There's what they're saying, and then there's what they're feeling. There's what they're saying, and then there's what they've been through. And you don't know their story. And this is the most difficult part of listening, is to realize they're coming from a different background, different place, especially when it comes to culture. You have no idea what their worldview was shaped by. And so, so you're listening in order to bring hope. Listening for encouragement, not to give an answer. I want to bring hope to this person. I want to bring peace to this person. What does that mean? Great listeners win the assurance of the person that's talking that they won't be judged that they won't be looked down upon, that they won't suddenly say something wrong and then be slapped, you know, metaphorically at least. This is one of my favorite Bedouin proverbs that says a true friend is someone to whom you can pour out all of the contents of your heart, both the wheat and the chaff, knowing they will cling to the wheat. And with the breath of kindness, they will blow away the chaff and forget it forever. Don't you love that? Just the idea. Just go ahead and you can spill your guts and you're not going to have to go home and say, oh my God, what are they going to say? You know, what are they going to do? What are they going to think? Um, that's huge. Make it your goal to make the person feel important. I love what Gary Brown says. Is He puts this little initial P-M-M-F-I, P-M-M-F-I, Please make me feel important. <laughs> yeah. 
And if he says, basically, if you see that sign on every human being, you, you're going to become a good listener. Please make me feel important. Number four, discipline yourself. Choose to speak less and listen more. Tell yourself to have an open mind. Give your eye contact. Give your full engagement. People don't have any idea, but can I tell you, there's five people I preach to on Sunday. The rest, I just know they're in the room. I won't tell you who they are. But when I look at them, they are so engaged that they pull the preacher out of me. There's some other people I never look their way because they quench the spirit in me. Anyhow, that's another story. But how many know you look at the people who pull it out of you and you try to stay as far away as you can for the people that have that look like, or whatever it is. Anyhow, you can imagine. But I love this idea. Aim for the wow. Aim for the wow. I'm going to say this in our value thing. You know what is a goal, I believe, for every church and every Bible study? Try to bring the wow factor to one person. Whatever it is, you made them the brownies, you you just looked at them, you, you told their story, you gave them the biggest compliment. You know, always correct in private, always compliment in front of as many people as you can, right? If you ever find out something good, tell the whole world, go on social media. The more people you can tell about what someone did right, the more you will make a difference in their life. Number five, ask good questions. And and I love Thomas mentioned this earlier. Great listeners are curious. They believe they can learn from anybody, and they're just curious. I mean, have you ever sat with somebody who's just curious about your life, and they asked you another question? Four hours later, you're just like, ah, I didn't even remember half of those things I just said. But, But they were curious. And that curiosity fuels conversation. And uh, I, I can tell you, there were a lot of reasons I fell in love with Sharon, but the best one, I would go on dates and I would talk three hours and she would just keep asking questions. And I, was, I thought I was in heaven. So she heard every vision of my life and I, I'm not sure how she handled it. But anyhow, there's no question. There's nothing that makes a person f- fall in love or feel as significant as when somebody wants to know their story and is fascinated and delighted by it. I I believe asking good questions is a science. I would just encourage you to practice writing down as many questions as you can. Uh, One of my doctors is so good, he just, immediately, he had just said, what did you do that was fun this summer? You know, but immediately get something, you know, somebody will talk about that. But just anything you can find that, that gets people reflecting. And then develop your listening skills on purpose. You know, I wish I did more of this, but I think one of the greatest things you could do is after you've been in a conversation, go home and journal and say, what was in that person's heart? Now, I know what they said. What did they mean? What was the deepest hurt that they had? What was the deepest longing that they felt? What could I feel behind their words? And you just, by doing that, you sensitize yourself to people's hearts. 
and it allows you to listen better the next time. And so that's the last one is reflect on ways to get better. Reflect on special new ways to affirm people, to, to compliment, be creative, to appreciate people, to call out the best in them, and to learn from what they have to say. Can I tell you something that'll just make someone feel great to say, can I tell you what I learned from you, Diane? What you did, I, that just changed my life. That was so amazing, you know. As we close, here's the questions, and I just, we're going to discuss them on the, on the line, but just, uh, let me just read. What can you learn from Jesus' example of how he listened so that he could lead? If you want, how did he listen so he could lead? On a scale of one to 10, this one's really hard, okay? How would the people in your life say you are at listening? <laughs> Between a one and a 10, what, would your, what number would your spouse give you? What number would your kids give you? What number would your friends give you? What would people ministering? Are you at seven? Are you at five? Are you at four? And then if you're not sure, go and ask them, okay? <laughs> They'll tell you. Um, who's exemplified good listening to you? How did they do it? Now, here's an important. Share the most challenging relationship that you have right now. Can I tell you where you need to listen the most? Where things hurt the most, right? Because that means there's something you're not hearing, and there's something they're not hearing. And because they're not hearing, you're not hearing, there's all kinds of mess. There's hurt. Um, how could you invest in listening more in that relationship? What will be a key thing that you would like to achieve tonight at your table? How is a way that you want to listen? What would you like to achieve by listening tonight uh, to that person? We just worship you, Lord. We thank you. You are Lord over the Philippines and Lord over our hearts. We cry out for all of us, Lord, to, for those leaders, shepherds, to multiply your kingdom, to bring hope to them, and just to bring instruction, care. We thank you, Father, so much, so much, Father, for good news ministry, and so much for Vineyard Deval, and so much for what you're doing through Hope Centers and Feeding Centers and Charlie's Lunch, all these different works of compassion. We pray, God, for the encouragement of the Lord. Give us the grace to listen in a deeper way, to draw the gold out of people, and to impart to them favor and goodness. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Pastor Dale's Leadership Podcast. It is our hope that you have been inspired in a great way. We encourage you to stay tuned for future content. May God bless you richly.